So, David, welcome to the show. Fresh off a win at SRO. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Uh, yes, I'm very... I'm literally resting still. Uh, now I will get back to training very soon, but uh, still resting. Nice. So do you, do you make sure after a race that you have a couple of days with no racing whatsoever, or does resting actually involve a little bit of racing? So yeah, I had a couple of days of resting. Uh, I wanted to get back on the sim. I actually did some laps, but uh, nothing, let's say, serious because I wanted still to to get the energies to uh, to get the mm -hmm. training done for Spa. So when you're resting, but you're also racing, do you race the same titles, or do you do you race something different just for a bit of fun? Uh, well, w when I'm using the simulator, it's uh, usually still uh, ACC, so the one that I use for the for the SRO. Uh, but mm -hmm. usually, I also play other video games. Like lately, I'm I'm playing a lot of GP bikes. I don't know if you know it. It's literally a nice. simulator yeah, of yeah. bikes, uh, which is even harder than ACC, I think. Really interesting. Is there an esports scene for for bikes? I've not seen much. About uh, it. Well, MotoGP, yes, but this title in particular, no. There is just minor uh, categories, but you know, like handling a bike with a with a controller. I think it's it's mm. normal that it's harder than uh, than driving a car with a wheel. No. <laughs> you need to put some pressure on Fanatec and SimiCube <laughs> and Asatec to bring out like a proper bike simulator. You probably lean, lean in and out of the corners. Well, it would be awesome. I think it would be something I would definitely try. <laughs> yeah, that that would be cool. I feel like it would uh, it would take up quite a lot of space in the bedroom. I think, but <laughs> that would be a pretty pretty nuts a pretty nuts simulator to to have. Um, so last weekend, obviously, we spoke to you on the uh, the podcast. We were at Paul Ricard for the SRO uh, Sim Pro series, um, and you absolutely smashed it. P one. Um, first win of the of the series. Obviously, we're only into the to the second race. Tell us about the the weekend from from your perspective as a as a Lamborghini driver. Well, it was a very nice weekend. Uh, of course, uh, I was coming from uh, let's say a not ideal race in the in the sprint, uh, where I was actually fighting for P1, but uh, I I had a very unfortunate accident. So I knew coming into this weekend uh, that I I. I had the possibility to to win for sure because the car was very competitive. Uh, looking at the free practice, I saw that still the car was again competitive, like in the sprint, even if some there was some adjustments in the in the BOP. Uh, but then in the qualifying, I wasn't really comfortable uh, because at the end of the session I was P4. I knew I could do more, uh, but then in the race, like when I start, let's say. Second row, third row, I know that something good can happen. Uh, it happened all the time in F1 Esports as well. When I was I was literally starting almost all the races in P4, P3 or P5. So I knew that I could uh, still get the win. And uh, after a very tough race, I, I got it. So it was very, very, very satisfying. So would you, would you say it's fair to assume then that your race pace is a strength versus your quality pace? Uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I would just say that it, you know, race. The race is a completely different session. Like in qualifying, it's mm. all on you. You just have to do that lap, and you you have, let's say, also to hope for the other people to, uh, to the other drivers to not uh, set a very nice lap time. But in the race, like you know, you you are together with other cars, so anything can happen. And it's not something that can happen in qualifying because qualifying, all that can happen, maybe you just get mm. your lap 
uh, ruined by another driver for traffic, for example. But in the race, you know, it's a completely different thing. Many things can happen. And so, you know, you, you go into the race knowing that even starting from the back, still something can happen and you still can get the win. Yeah. And I suppose you've had a lot of experience now at these, uh, well, LAN events and virtual events, but racing at this level. I guess you must get used to a certain standard for, for other drivers, right? And, and I imagine you've probably gotten to know a lot of the, the drivers. And this is kind of one of the benefits that you have, I guess, as a, as a pro esports driver, being able to drive with the same people over and over again. You actually learn the characters that you're racing against and you can really build that into a race strategy. Whereas a lot of people can't do that if they're playing online because they're playing against different people each time. So they never know who they're driving against do you do you do much research or do you just kind of do you, do you take into account what you already know about these other drivers when you're you're planning a race strategy well this is a, a nice thing uh because i usually don't do research uh but you know these people that i race on site most likely i already raced uh, against them uh in some online races so some of them mm. i already know them uh, others i didn't i didn't have any race with them uh but surely knowing the drivers knowing how they handle the race like how they want to fight what they want to do in the race if they are in front of you or behind you surely can help you and it's something that mm. it happens also in the in the online races but of course when you are on site that person that certain person is there so for example if you make a crash with him you know that after the race, you will have to get up and, and go face to face with him. And it's not that you just turn <laughs> off your PC and just go to sleep. So it's a factor that uh, I like. I like a lot because uh, also, for example, when I was uh, competing in, uh, in other competitions, uh, you know, every time you go side by side, it, it comes in your mind that that person is right next to you and, and you have to behave. Because otherwise, of course, if you don't, if you don't want to have a discussion, you have to behave, and uh, so it's a thing that plays a very good role in, uh, in in sim racing, in my opinion. It's interesting, isn't it? Because if you if you think about you know Formula One or SRO, even they, when they have a crash, it, let's say they bump into somebody on the track, or they they make they you know they do a dive bomb, and it's all a bit probably shouldn't have done that. At the end of the race, they're going to go back into their garage in their little bubble in their own hospitality area. So they might not actually bump into people. So even on the F1 grid, like you know, you see little bits on Drive to Survive, however realistic that is, of the drivers talking to each other about what has happened. But actually, they're kind of cocooned in this little safety bubble of their own team. Whereas with the SRO paddock, and I, I wonder if it was the same with F1, um, you're, as soon as you get up from the rig, you're next to the person that you've been driving with, like you're in that same room, like it's not a big place and you're going to be bumping into people. You're going to see each other. You're going to be making eye contact with them and their team and the people that have come to, to support that team. Like, does that put a certain pressure on, I guess, to, to, to behave even better than you, than, than perhaps a real world driver would? Yeah, yeah, it does definitely. Uh, and answering to your question, yeah, also in F1, it's it's like this. Like F1 esports, we literally uh, at the same structure of the, let's say, the arena. So every time, like you know, you get up from the sim, you have to face literally every driver, uh, unless you just wait in the sim and wait for everyone to go away. <laughs> you 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 have to face <laughs> other drivers and. <laughs> 
So, and I think, yes, it, it definitely puts you pressure because as I said before, it's not an online race where like you, you can mm. just switch off the PC, go away, do not face anyone. You know that, uh, you have to, uh, to do certain things on site. You cannot do whatever you want to do and just get away with it. So it's, as I said, it's something that comes in your mind when you are in the race, when you are actually in the, in the track and, uh, and puts you in a situation where of course you want to behave. <laughs> mm. and, I, and I suppose you have a, an element now of reputation because, you know, D- Davitanitsa, a lot of sim racers will know that name. They'll, they'll, they'll know that Davitanitsa is an esports driver and they'll, they'll see you racing in various series and start to build up a picture of what you're like as a racer so you have genuine reputation and of course you race for ferrari you've raced for lamborghini so you have to uphold that level of reputation that most sim racers would never have to consider at all they have a username essentially on a on a on, a, on a, an online lobby for example like there is really no genuine reputation that they're trying to protect whereas you when you're racing you have to be conscious of that almost from like a marketing point of view right yeah of course uh, this is another thing for example like uh, after the, I will give you a quick example. Like after the race in Poricard, after we all saw that uh, I had a very tricky fight with the with the Ferrari driver. Uh, as soon as the race finished, of course, I went to the podium. I did the, everything I I was uh, I was requested to do, and then immediately I went outside the arena to go and look for for that driver to you know to have a discussion, to just talk, and mm. I wanted to ask him his point of view, what happened from from his side, from my side, what he thought about the, the the fight that we had and and everything you know and this is also part of the the job let's say because you know just mm. getting up from the scene after for example an accident go going away without even saying without even apologizing to the to the driver it's something that you have to uh, take into account and uh, in my opinion it's something that everyone uh, should respect because again we are not uh, racing online in uh, our room we are mm. all racing together in the same the same arena we have to respect ourselves and part of that is also uh apologize apologizing when when it's needed yeah uh, what was it like having that battle with your old team did the fact that it that it was ferrari did it did it factor into your mind at all like that it was ferrari and you you know the guys over there and everyone knows that it's you know it's the classic thing isn't it when a footballer changes from one team to another and they're like this score against their old team it's like a thing that people care about like did, did it factor into your mind when you were racing no 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 not at all also because well especially because i had a very very nice experience there in ferrari with the with everyone uh it was literally the best one of the best experiences that I had in my life. So of course when I when it gets to this, like fighting with my old team, I don't have anything against them. It's like any other uh, team in the any other team driver or car in mm. the in the track. So nothing nothing special against them. It's literally just fighting like anyone else. Yeah. So, uh, like for you personally, having uh, I, I want to kind of go back now. I want to go back to the very start and and learn your journey, how this how this happened for you, because um, you know at, at, you're racing for Lamborghini now. Before it was Ferrari. I imagine being a sim racer like, allowed through the gates of the sacred Maranello must have been an incredible feeling. And let's build up to that, but let's start right at the beginning. Tell us your first interaction or experience of any kind of racing game 
how did it start for you? How did this passion uh, develop? So I would say that my my father gave me the passion for motorsport first of all because uh, it's where everything started. So when I was a kid, together with my brother, uh, we tried many many things. Like we tried bikes, we tried go karts, we tried as well uh, quad bikes. So our dad literally gave us all the uh, choices. Literally, uh, we decided to stick with the with cards. And um, me and my brother, we raced for like three years, four years, let's say, if I remember correctly. Uh, but then, of course, you know, when you grow up, you have to uh, switch to the, you know, to another category. You have to buy a new card. Everything becomes mm. more expensive. So, like, literally every driver that doesn't, you know, have all that uh, availability of money, uh, you just stop. So that was the moment where I... Uh, Got to know, got to know sim racing because back at the time, uh, on the weekends I was racing with the with the cards, and then in the in the weekends where I didn't have any race, I was playing video games, uh, like for example the Formula One games. So I already also had the passion for video games. So when everything, uh, let's say, stopped with the with the real life racing, I literally combined these two things, and I started to to race on the simulators i got to know like simulators like at the start i didn't know that it was possible to have championships and and, and everything so mm. the there was a certain time where i got invited in one of these uh, championship minor championships and it was there when i i, I discovered this whole uh, new world uh, and then like like everyone else i just started like as a hobby uh, I was having fun doing it. Uh, then my dad started to buy uh, more expensive equipments. Like he started buying me the first wheel. Then he's, after like a couple of months, he he bought another wheel as an upgrade. And you know, like it, like always happens with the with the with the start of the sim racing career. And uh, so yeah, did your sorry your first championship then was that on a controller? Yeah, like my first ever race oh, okay. was on a controller. Wow. So And which championship was it? So it's called um it's an F1 championship. It's it, it was a community called Formula Motorsport Drivers. It's an Italian community. So there my first ever race was with a controller. And then the second race I already had the wheel because I had so much fun. I went immediately to mm -hmm. my dad's room. I said, "Listen, it's it's extremely fun. I want to compete like to have even more fun." So he didn't even think about it one second and he immediately bought me the, the wheel. So I, the next race, I was already like, I already had the base equipment. Mm -hmm. So just for, just for, for me and the other sim racing hardware nerds listening, can you please take us through your whole hardware journey? Like which wheels did you start on? What did you upgrade to? What equipment have you got? Because that will fascinate everyone basically me. okay <laughs> so uh, first of all i was not even racing on pc i just had a playstation 4 so not even that mm -hmm. you know expensive and uh, my first of course controller was the ps4 controller then first wheel was the logitech g29 which literally i i always thought that it, it's the the best wheel to buy at the start because you literally get immediately yeah. pedals and a, a nice wheel uh, to to start with then after that, I started to save up some money and I bought a Trustmaster 
T300, uh, nice. which I had to replace almost immediately because at the time I had a friend of mine who literally did the same. He switched from a G29 to a T300, but then he's um, like he decided to switch again to Fanatec because Fanatec at the mm-hmm. time wasn't very well known. It was literally just building up the the the, the brand. So he switched to this Fanatec and he, he he said to me, "Listen, come to my house, try it. It's very, it's it's like it's very nice to drive with this wheel." I went there. I he convinced me almost immediately. So after not, <laughs> not even a month, I I sold the wheel and uh, and I bought this this new one. Actually, I didn't sell the wheel. I gave it to my brother. Now now thinking. So then I I bought this Fanatec and uh, I I stayed with that wheel for almost like. I think two years because in F1 esports back at the time we were using the Fanatec CSL Elite, so I stayed with that mm. with that wheel for quite a, a long time, and then I just switched to the Podium DD1 when uh, when I started getting into the ACC action in uh, not in 2020 because 2020 I still had the CSL Elite, but 2021 2021 I already had the, the Podium, and that's what you use now. Yeah, still what I use now, which is the one that we use also in the Fanatec Arena. Right. Okay. Which obviously makes makes a lot of sense to be kind of like training as you race. And how about pedals? Uh, pedals. I still have the CSL elites. Uh, I should take some V3 pedals, which are the one you, that we use in the Fanatec Arena. But uh, so I use a Formula a Formula rig. Uh, it's not a GT. It's not a GT edition. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, it's quite tricky to put the V3 v3 pedals in the into this rig so at the moment i I don't want to change everything so i'm just uh training with the csl elite pedals which i think they are very 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 nice and comfortable of course it's not ideal when it comes to get into the arena and switch to different pedals but uh at the moment i'm happy like this (laughs) so final nerd question before we go back to uh that we'll talk about the the f1 esports series uh the, the 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 kind of the eternal question Ultra wide, triple triple screen, uh, VR. <laughs> so VR, I tried it, and uh, like I respect every driver using it in a professional uh, scene. Like like for example mm. uh, Malinowski uh, that we saw also on site. Like I respect totally. I would never race with that because after like one hour and thirty two hours, like my eyes are already bleeding. So I don't know how they do. <laughs> <laughs> to to train all these hours during the day and then also race. So to have fun for me, VR is is okay. To race, I don't really think so. Uh, triple screen, ultra wide. I would say ultra wide mainly because on every on-site event that I did, I always used uh, ultra wides and triple monitors. I never had them mainly because of the space that uh, I mm. used to have in my room. So. I always, you know, prefer the ultra wide because uh, it's 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 more simple. It also uses, I think, less um, like it requires less uh, less specifics for the for the PC. It's lighter. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's yeah. also like you know it 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 takes less space into your room. So I think it's just better. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I've got my nerd <laughs> fix for for the episode. So let's talk about the F1 esports process how did that happen for you like was it always the plan was it something you just tried, gave it a go like when when the qualifiers happened online talk to us about how you first approached f1 esports uh, as a driver 
So the first one that I, the first time that I actually uh, tried to qualify was in 2018. Uh, before then, 2017, it was uh, it was the year that I uh, wanted to do a full championship on F1 uh, in the community that I told you before, Formula Motorsport Drivers. So in that year, I won the um, the main championship there in that community. So I wanted to switch the year later, so in 2018, to a bigger uh, bigger league, which at the time was Apex Online Racing, which I don't know if now mm-hmm. they still uh, organize a championship on F1. Yeah, yeah, it's it's still going. The Grid Finder Sim Racing Team races on uh, on AOR for their endurance series. Perfect, perfect. So uh, I d- did that championship where there were a lot of drivers from F1 Esports. I remember at the time there was Danny Beresnai, for example, even Brandon Lee. Uh, they were all doing this championship. Uh, I managed to win it. So I said, okay, next year, I, I, well, not next year, like at the end of the year, because it was 2018, I want to qualify. I want to try, even though I don't have that much of experience, I want to try. I went there, I qualified for the, for the pro draft, I remember. Uh, but for me, it was more or less like I already knew that no team would pick me because I didn't have a background. I didn't have anything. I, at that time, I still, I was still not, you know, prepared. So I went there in London. I remember uh, we we had a very nice uh, trip, but uh, eventually, no, no team picked me. Uh, so the year after, I decided to. Um... Oh, okay, Sorry. yeah, there okay. we go. We're back. Uh, so uh, I had this very very nice trip in London, but uh, I already know that I already knew that no one would pick me. And when I came back, I said, "Okay, uh, from now on, I need to uh, practice. I need to win more races. I need to get myself to the point where one at least one team wants me. You know, to have me on their team." Uh, I did so. I did many championships during that year, and the year after, 2019, I qualified again. And uh, at that time, I remember Ferrari wanted to join the, the F1 esports scene as well. So because I also won some other Italian uh, championships, I think I, I made myself, um, you know, I, I started to make some noise, let's say. And uh, when I got there in, uh, in London, they decided to, to pick me uh, because I think they, they thought that uh, I was the... Uh, right person to to pick and uh, I hope I was because I won the championship there in the first year so <laughs> I I think it was the the right choice so this was all my journey to F1 esports so like summing it up everything started with minor leagues then I went for my first experience in F1 esports of course didn't have any experience at all so came back home prepared myself for one year and then got picked by Ferrari I mean, that's pretty dreamy, right? (laughs) Getting picked by Ferrari, being part of Maranello, being part of the Ferrari esports team and then winning in your first year. That must have been a hell of an experience, a feeling at the end. It was, it was indeed. Because, of course, that year, like, I said, okay, this is my first ever experience in, like, competitive, like, extremely competitive uh, sim racing. So I didn't expect anything. I, I just... I just said, like, like my first year in the pro draft, I said, okay, I will just go into this championship. I don't know where I will end up. I just want to have fun and and maybe get some very good results. But then 
in the first event uh, it already kicked off like like we never expect we never expected that to happen like we went in the first event boom first race won second race won third race p3 like we came back from london after the first event first in the championship with almost three wins and there we <laughs> said okay no 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 we we have to change our plans now we have to we have to change everything we need to win this championship that's the literally the mindset <laughs> changed immediately after the first event how much does the rest of ferrari take an interest in what you're doing in the esports scene do you do you get to speak to the the other people within ferrari whether that be you know the, the road cars or the sport like the f1 team even like are other people kind of watching what what's ha- was happening sorry when you were racing for ferrari did how how involved did the the whole organization get with it so it literally we literally got involved more and more throughout the years uh of course the first year uh we the team literally uh prepared himself very very late i think it was late in june uh where like they decided to um, get into the the action in f1 esports so of course the mm-hmm. first year we didn't have you know many activities together with the with the for example the f1 team but uh, we got to know the the Ferra- the um, ferrari academy drivers for example we did some shooting That's with cool. them uh we also got mick schumacher to to see, I think it was the third event, the third or the fourth event there in London. So we had also nice, nice, very nice interview together before, uh, like a couple of minutes before the race, which was very, very, very nice. I, I like that a lot. Uh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. So, but then like uh, the year, the year later, like already 2020, uh, we started to get more and more and more involved with activities together with the as well f1 drivers and we also had you know that period of time where uh there was you know covid uh Mm. that was literally obligating everyone to stay at home we got to know the charles leclerc for example we trained together for the virtual gps we helped him we tried our best to help him and, That's nuts. and also with the other Ferrari driver academy uh, drivers. So it was, you know, a process. At the start, of course, we were focused on the on the esports team and to get the results in the in the in the season. And then in 2020, where when we were more relaxed, we we started to get more and more involved, which was very nice because uh, it's not everywhere where you feel involved like this, like. Uh, we we literally spend time with everyone in the team, even people working in the factory. Because I I also have some friends there that I I met during some tours, and this is very nice and very interesting. Because of course you just don't get to know the people that work around you, but also the people working in the company for completely different things. That I mean that's very cool as well. like. I- especially as as an italian being able to be part of the fabric of something as iconic as marinello the fact that like esports and sim racing gave you that opportunity that you wouldn't have been able to get otherwise is nuts i imagine when you're like 12 or 13 and you're gaming and that is the classic thing of the teachers saying that you can't you can't spend your whole life playing games like well actually <laughs> playing games is exactly how i've managed to become a part of well ferrari back then and now lamborghini it's i imagine this is well beyond what you'd expected would come of uh, that first championship you did on your controller well definitely no i didn't expect i didn't expect that 
I used to play a lot video games, so I was, you know, kind of expecting to... My dream was to, like, compete in other esports games. Uh, I used to play a lot of uh, first-person shooters, for example. So th that was actually something that I was believing in. Like, if, I, if one day I would find myself in an arena, it was because of other games, not because of, surely, simulators. But uh, it was definitely something that i i did not expect yeah i mean i can't imagine many people <laughs> would expect to go from like <laughs> racing games to working for an organization as massive as ferrari and now lamborghini so let's let's move along the timeline then so um obviously we all know that that you've moved to lamborghini now uh, and it'd be interesting to kind of discuss what that's like moving from one team to another as a driver because it's you know this is still a fairly new sector of esports so you know not many people will have experienced it right but just tell us about the journey through ferrari over those those what four three years or three seasons i suppose uh with ferrari like how did you how did you see things like progressing over those three years well the first year of course uh like i didn't expect anything like i just uh i just lived knowing that uh probably the next year uh there the wouldn't be anything anymore because you know it, it was a new project so i didn't expect mm. anything i didn't even expect it to to keep on going but after what happened happened in the f1 esports uh season in 2019 i saw the, the the project like getting bigger and bigger so the year later unfortunately because of covid we we had to go back racing uh online which was something that i of didn't course. like at all uh but we, we did many competitions. We even uh, we even did some some SRO already in 2020. So it was not just F1 anymore. And it's something that I think uh, was was crucial for my career because uh, already in 2020 I I started like you know approaching the GT world. I saw that it was very very enjoying. And um, I, you know, kind of started to understand that I was almost enjoying more uh, the GT side than mm. the, the, the F1 side. Why? What, 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 what is it about GT racing that you enjoy more? It's the thing is, well, mainly the, the, the software that we use because ACC, it's fantastic. And it's the, the, the sim that I, I literally like the most. Uh, so mainly it was that, but also you know the the racing itself. Uh, it's it's way way more fun. Like with GT, even when you are side by side, you know you have to be very very aggressive and you have a lot of fun racing. With F1 cars, you just have to be careful literally everywhere. Every time you want to try and overtake, it's it's mm. literally it's a completely different thing. Not worse or better. It's just different. Yeah. So at the time, I, I saw that I was enjoying it very much. Uh, and, but I, I kept, you know, my main, uh, my main uh, commitment was F1. In 2020, we saw that uh, uh, an online competition with F1 game was not possible because we had many, many, many problems. The, the whole organization had problems. Like the, the software was uh, lacking of reli reliability uh, with the online uh, races. Mm. So, uh, you know, at that point, I convinced myself even more that uh, the, the GT side was, uh, was, was better for me. But uh, 
still, again, 2021, uh, we start a new season. Uh, the project keeps getting bigger and bigger, uh, which which was something very, very good. Uh, also, we had new sponsors in the team. So many, many uh, people investing in us. Uh, there, it was where I almost won the SRO sprint uh, season. I literally lost it in the in the last race, uh, which was very unfortunate. Uh, but then again, F1, uh, we raced again onli online uh, for another season. And uh, at that time, I, I convinced myself that uh, we were going to face problems again with the software. Uh, Luckily, we didn't. Like we, we had some issues, but it wasn't that 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 bad. Uh, but uh, the the performance wasn't great because, uh, you know, at the end of the season, I kind of wanted to uh, practice more for ACC compared to F1. But of course, it, it was not the the plan. So, I you know we kind of mixed the trainings together, and uh, this re I I think this resulted in a uh, loss of the championship in SRO and uh, not ideal performance in in F1. So yeah, the, yeah. So the year later, I already kind of knew that it was going to be my last year in uh, in uh, like as as a f1 esports driver like because yeah. I, I already wanted to like that was the year that i said okay i might want to switch to gt for my main commitment and uh, after 2022 uh, i decided to do this move i i came back to journalism esports then i got involved with lamborghini and uh, and this year is literally my first ever year as a GT, let's say, esports driver and not anymore as an, as an F1 esports driver, even though I still have some options for F1 esports. So nothing takes out the possibility that I will be racing again in F1 esports this year. But of course, it won't be my main commitment. No, and it would be interesting being a Lamborghini driver for F1 esports. <laughs> well... Of course, we would have to, you know, find agreements, you know, all that mm -hmm. stuff that no one likes. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you that there is the, the possibility. I just don't know it yet. I, First of all, I don't even know if I want to do another F1 esports season. And that's mm. mainly the thing that I have to decide. But uh, there is always a, a chance. There is always a possibility. So nothing excludes this this, uh, this thing. Well, it's really exciting, especially the the jump from Ferrari to Gianolesi to Lamborghini. Like those are big names. That that you know, it's it's kind of wild that that's where we've got to with with sim racing. Um, but give us an idea, like behind the scenes. Now, I know you can't talk about details of contracts and stuff, but just give us an idea of the processes that you go through. Who reaches out to you? Are you traveling to factories for meetings? Like, how does it work when you you know when you decided that you wanted to leave Ferrari? Like, when did that process start? And then how did you get in touch with Jean Alessi? And I'm just really interested to know kind of behind the scenes what actually happened to make this move all the way across to Lamborghini. Uh, yeah, so I can, well, I, I will be uh, pretty rapid. I don't want to stop myself too much in this thing, but I wanted to tell you that uh, I was already in uh, Jean Alessi in 2018. And when this happened, uh, it, it was the year that I was uh, I was qualified for the first time for F1 Esports, so I got approached by um, by my manager Matteo Miyakawa, which was the manager of Giannalisi uh, Esports team, 
So you, he, he came to me, uh, like I received a, a call and he comes and say, listen, I have this academy that I'm opening together with the Jean and other, and other people. Uh, we would like to have you as a, as a, a driver for, uh, for F1. And uh, there I accepted, of course, I got to know uh, many, many people, many, many teammates. Uh, and then, of course, it was, you know, the first step. After that, of course, with Ferrari, which is a bigger company, nothing to take out from Gianalesi, but of course, you know, it's a, mm. it's a bigger company. It's more complicated. So especially like from my point of view, it was very, very stressful because um, after I got picked from them, you know, there was a very, very uh, long process of, you know, contracts, uh, especially because I was 17 years old. So it's even more of a mess. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you can probably understand how, how difficult it is to, to get a contract with a, with a minor, but uh, <laughs> everything got, got uh, underway, likely. But, uh, you know, something that people don't understand is that even if it's just uh, video games, all this stuff that it's behind it, like contracts, uh, team sponsors, it's exactly the same. So it's it's not when you sign a contract for an esports team, it's it's not like signing a blank page, like a blank paper. It's actually very 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 important stuff. There is also legal stuff behind it, so it, it's not a joke. And uh, this is something that people still, as of today probably don't actually understand, but I can guarantee that uh, everything that's behind it, it's very, very, very serious. And how has that been to, to learn? So, you know, when you, when you become a, um, a sim racer and you get to this level, like who, what, what, do you have like a support network that's helping you look at contracts and make sure that you're making the right decisions? And, you know, I know, I know you have an internal team now, obviously you have Alex Patero as your, as your coach, who um, was obviously at the SRO um, event, and you have this kind of internal team around you. But do you need? Do you have like an external team? Do you have someone that you can turn to and say, "All right, I've just been given this contract. It's going to when I go from Jean Lacy to Lamborghini or Ferrari to Lacy, whatever it is. Can you look at it? Is there any, like do you, you know, almost like a manager? Is that something that that sim racers are starting to need? Well, I think most of the sim driver the sim drivers already have this uh you know manager figure that you're you're saying i have it as well for example and i think it's something that if you don't already have it it's needed because uh as i told you it's when it comes to you know getting under a contract with a team uh you you need to be careful you need to um to look uh, like to to see everything it's not just you read the contract and you sign it so of course a team of people who uh, you know, do this for you and, and tells you maybe it's not a good choice. Okay, it's a completely good uh, thing to do. It's, it's, it's good, you know, so that you don't find yourself in a very bad situation or you don't find yourself in the team you didn't want to be, for example. Yeah, yeah. Now, it, it's fascinating how far it's come and how much there is to it now. So let's skip forward then to Lamborghini, which is an incredibly exciting team to kind of break onto the esports scene. How has that been as a relatively new team to, to join? Obviously, you, you must have brought quite a lot of kind of esports expertise to that team as a driver. Well, you know, it was a very similar situation of, the, of 2019 when I joined Ferrari because 
even back then, you know, it was a new team, uh, not a lot of expectations, and I kind of found the same thing here. Of course, the team already existed last year, like they 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 made their debut in the SRO endurance season last year. Uh, but, you know, I found almost the, the same environment, I would say, uh, like a lot of people that want to learn about our our world. And uh, everyone, of course, wants to, to do a very nice job. And uh, I enjoyed very much this, this first month here because, uh, of course, everyone wants to do well. Everyone is very committed. And I got to know also uh, a lot of very good people, which is, I think, one of the most important things in this, in this, uh, in this sport. And what's, what's Lamborghini's vision? For the esports team, like, what's the what's the goal? Like, have they got an idea of like, right, in five years' time, we want to be here, here, and here. We want to be doing SRO, and we want to be doing, you know, the i racing endurance races, or like, what's the what's the plan? Because it can't all. It's presumably not just SRO, as great as SRO is. Yeah, of course. So this year, of course, we're just focused on uh, on SRO. So we will just do the endurance uh, season, the sim pro and the sprint online. Then after that, when the, these championships are over, uh, especially looking also at the results, uh, the team also, I think, will uh, will uh, will get to see also if, if it's a good thing to do other kind of competitions uh, on iRacing, for example, R-Factor or, you know, other, other uh, simulators. But... Uh, for this year, the only project is uh, is is focused on on ACC, so it's what we are doing this year. Then from next year, we will see. Uh, the moment this is our this is our plan. And how about um, things like uh, you know the sim racing expo is like a one off event as a sort of thing you might try and qualify for, or or Ren Sport. You know, how about things like that? Is that something that's on the radar for Lamborghini? Well, it, it can, like, it might happen, for example, for Rensport. Uh, of course, we need to see uh, how the simulator evolves as well. Because, for example, when I was in Ferrari, I was fascinated by Rensport when it came out and they did, like, the summit and all the, mm. the, they presented the championship and everything. But, of course, with certain brands at the launch of the, of the game, which is not even uh, complete at the time being, you never know, like if you if your car is going to be there, all the agreements with the manufacturers and everything. So, of course, there is a process be behind before actually getting to, uh, to 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 race in these kinds of championships. But uh, Rensport, for example, it's something I would really love to do, and uh, I, I definitely would suggest it to the team. But uh, as I said, the plan for this year is uh, is just on ACC and then from the next year they, we will we will just see mm. and sim racing expo as a as an event does that does it feature on your calendar as almost like a like an engagement thing to go and do or, or not at all well to me personally it's something that I would like to attend uh, but uh, you know also in the previous years uh, I kind of wanted to attend it but I didn't have the the chance maybe this year with Lamborghini I I mean, maybe this time with Lamborghini, I can, uh, I I can attend it. Mm. So tell us about the stuff that you have to do for Lamborghini that isn't driving. You know how you you know you were talking about the Ferrari project and how they were getting you involved with the engineers and the academy team, and you were very kind of woven into the rest of the fabric of Ferrari. 
what's what's Lamborghini's approach for you as a driver? Do, is it all focusing on driving or do you go and do kind of like media duties or, you know, do you get involved around the, the factory or do you, do you help out the other drivers who are, who are racing in the, the pro series, for example? Well, this is the plan. Of course, it's not just focused on racing. I, the first time that I met the team as well in, uh, in Monza, uh, he, it was made clear that they wanted, like the team wanted to, give us to the to the drivers the opportunity like to you know become also let's say ambassadors of the teams yeah. of the team and it's something that i i would really love to develop because uh you know as a as a as a even a person not just a driver uh, it's something that uh you know i would be very proud to to be and uh this this year we still don't have any plans for activities but uh I, I'm pretty sure that uh, my teammates already had some some uh, some activity with the, with the team. Unfortunately, I was out of business for for two to three weeks uh, before the before the race in Poricard, so I uh, wasn't able to to attend the activities. But uh, they already started with 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 some of them. Nice. Well, yeah, that sounds like a, a a fun part of it as well, and it must be nice, I guess, given how much time the pro sim racers such as yourself spend in the rig when you get told actually on thursday next week we're all going to go off to wherever to do something else do you get that sense of like oh, that'd be nice actually just a day out of the rig well yes of course but uh, you know when there is not enough like when there is a tiny amount of time to prepare a race of course i would mm. i would love to stay on the on the on the simulator even if i don't want to be there i i, I still want to be on the on the scene but when there is time of course it's something that i that i enjoy to to do because as you said of course you are in your all the time in your house like in your room training for uh, for a specific race and then when you get that day off to do that activity that experience it's something that everyone would enjoy yeah yeah i bet and talking of preparation Spa 24 hours in a couple of weeks' time or three three weeks' time, I think. It's, it feels like Paul Ricard was yesterday, but it, I reckon Spa is going to come around really, really quickly. Um, how is that going? When does the preparation start? What's your what's your process for prepping for a race that's, in, in this case, like three weeks out? Uh, well, you know... Uh, it's sometimes it's better when the race, like when there is a short amount of time to prepare a race, because you know that you have to train very hard for it and you have to, uh, test everything as soon as you can, like do the setup, try the qualifying pace, trying the race pace, trying every condition. It, it's something that when you have pressure that you have to do it immediately, uh, you kind of do it better, let's say. Mm. Uh, so when there is a lot of time, you, you just stay in your in your simulator and be like oh okay but there is time there is time like day after day and yeah, then yeah. you actually arrive at the yeah at the day of the race <laughs> and you actually didn't do anything well this doesn't happen but it's it's you know the mental approach that uh, causes this this certain thing uh but the preparation i i think it's already i think it's already well well underway um for i think well looking at, at the track i think it's going to be pretty similar to Paul Ricard, so with the setup we we won't have to do like a completely different thing so we we will already have a good base uh the thing that is concerning me at the moment is that we 
we uh, we did a check on the calendars and we discovered that unfortunately my um, my real life race with the Formula Predators is literally clashing with the with the Spa race and of course I think it's pretty clear that I will uh, I will race on Spa and uh, and give up the race on the on the real cars but uh, it's it's uh, it's something that actually caught me uh, in a in a wait I think I cannot say this. Just wait one second, because ah, okay, now okay. Let me just rephrase it then, because uh, I got old. Uh, one uh, one thing that I forgot. So uh, I was saying. Uh, so we don't have that much of stuff to do in the setup for Spa, as we already have a good base. Uh, the only thing that. Uh, uh, I I did not expect was a, a clash with my uh, real life uh, event to attend in in Spa because it's in the same date. So unfortunately, I will have to uh, to attend uh, to not attend the, the Formula Predator race and attend the Spa 24-hour race. Uh, of course, it's my main commitment. The simulators, it's it's uh, what I uh, decided to do. So. I'm just a bit gutted to uh, to not attend a race in the in the real uh, in the real side, but uh, you know, it's 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet. And is that something that's kind of on your mind as an ambition to one day move fully across to real racing, or is it? It's always going to be alongside the sim racing. Uh, I feel like it's going to be alongside with simulators if it's going to be a full-time or part-time thing, because uh, growing up, you know, I I I saw how the real motorsport works, mm. and it's definitely something that unless you have a, like a huge opportunity, you cannot do like a full-time job. Like with simulators, like complete being completely honest, I. Uh, I earn money with the simulators, and I don't earn literally anything with the with the real cars. So this year I will yeah. have my first opportunity to jump on a real car on a real uh, championship. But of course I'm not getting anything from it, and I even have to be thankful to the guys behind me, uh, which are literally paying for my for my for my real career. But uh, at the time being, I feel like if it's something that it's going to uh, be part of my life, it's always going to be alongside Sims. It's not going to replace it anytime. It sounds like a racer, like a racer's dream, though, to be able to like earn your living through sim racing and then spend that living on motorsport. It's like the full, <laughs> the full circle of just like the, the motorsport ecosystem that sim racing has given you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you think about it, uh, it's 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 not even necessarily a bad thing that it's uh, that the real life racing at the moment, at least in my personal life, cannot replace Sims, because you know there is a lot of people trying to invest and trying to get sponsors to actually race on on a real track, and then there is us Sim drivers who are actually not even racing and getting money from it. So if yeah. you think about it in this way, it's not even, you know, that bad. And of course, you know, you you are building up experience of competing at a level. And although it's sim racing, not real world racing, it's pretty transferable 
you know, very transferable. And it's one of the greatest things about sim racing is how transferable the skills are between sim racing and, and motorsport. So you're definitely setting yourself up uh, for success for if you wanted to then go on and do real motorsport. Uh, no, well, real motorsport makes that sound that sounds bad, doesn't it? But real world motorsport. But I suppose that leads me to um, another question, which is, as a sim racer, is it difficult to plan ahead? Like, you know, it always feels like every sim racer or every pro sim racer I speak to, they're never quite sure what's happening next year. And the year after that is a complete unknown. And they honestly have no idea if they were doing anything to do with sim racing at all in five years, because it's so difficult to to know what's happening. Is that the same for you? Yeah, uh, it's it's literally the same for me, and I think literally the same for 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 everyone involved in this uh, in this world. It's because mainly because of course you get, for example, a one year contract, and after that year you don't know if that team is still going to be there on the sims because this world is still developing and it's developing mm. very fast. So you don't know if you know that team is still going to invest or they will just uh, go to another. They will just you know, close the project, and uh, th there is a lot of uh, things that you cannot control. So every year feels like it's going to be the last one, literally. But uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it, also when I was in Ferrari, for example, uh, like I I knew that F1 esports was getting bigger. I knew that Ferrari was investing on it, but you know, you never had the you never have the um, you now have the certainty that wait does it exist certainty yes no. certainty okay okay so you never had the certainty that the next year it's going to be like the same or something huge will happen and you will be dropped like every year you need also to find let's say a plan b so for example we saw a lot of people like also my former teammates uh that decided to switch on uh, on uh, another thing like they decided to become streamers so you know they develop this thing of streaming together with racing they get their fan base and then when they decide it's it's time to to move on they just stop doing the 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 sim driver for as a job and then they just go streaming and that's for example the main plan b that many people have so answering to your question yeah i think it's uh, for for everyone it's 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 like this every year feels like the last one because no one has uh, almost no one has long term uh, plans mm. and what's your plan b well my plan b i already described you uh, <laughs> i i actually did some live streaming when in 2020 uh it went pretty good i think uh right now i'm i'm, I'm not let's say developing this thing because uh I, I still have to decide if it's a thing that I want to commit for or not. But uh, at the moment, I just want to enjoy uh, enjoy racing, also with the real life racing this year. And then if uh, uh, if I decided that that it's time to to look out for another opportunity, also this thing like with simulators, you can get many many opportunities throughout your career. So. It can happen that, for example, during your season, you you get an opportunity outside of simulators, maybe in the same team, but for another mansion. And it's, of course, an opportunity that you can take and can lead you into a different career, into a different path. 
that can literally lead you to uh, a different job. You know, you can literally just move on, and from simulators, you can just do another job in the same team, for example. We've discussed quite a lot the, the stresses, the uncertainties, the you know the, the the requirements to understand things like contracts, the amount of preparation you have to do, the different setups and conditions that you're always testing, and then the the competitive level that you're working at. So here's a question: Do you enjoy it? Are you still enjoying it? Well, at the moment, yes. Uh, but I, I I had like a period of time where I was not enjoying it anymore, and I can say it without any problem last year 2022 i was not enjoying it at all uh, mainly because some things have changed as i told you i wanted to switch to uh to the gt racing and my main commitment was still f1 and uh let's say uh i wanted to do it in a certain way but the team wanted me to do it in a different way so that was the time that where i was not enjoying it and i think that reflected my performance of uh, of 2022 in the F1 esports season, for example, because I didn't perform well. And I most of the events I was attending just one race or two races maximum. I never done like the the the, the three races of each event. Yeah. And that was because I was not enjoying it. So I was not performing well and I didn't want, you know, to to get out the points from from the team. And I and I wanted to, you know, give also the chance to my teammates to you know to uh to show themselves in the in the races that that was the time of course where i think everyone gets this period of time where they think like is do i still want to do this like is it actually worth it but sometimes it's just enough to you know um maybe to 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 get some fresh air like like i did for example and then you can find again your uh yourself like willing to be racing and willing to do this yeah that's interesting well it's um it, this has honestly been such a fascinating conversation we've spoken to a lot of esports drivers but i think your story having moved from f1 to acc and from ferrari through john alesi to Lamborghini it's it's really kind of in parallel with what's happening in the sim racing world generally and it's great to get like a like a behind the scenes feel for for what it's like to to truly be in that world um and that the the timing of moving from F1 to ACC is interesting as well because you know a lot of people are saying that the F1 game that's about to come out is a huge step up in terms of the physics and the drivability and the 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 overall quality of the of the game. Um, so is is that is that perhaps a reason why you're kind of exploring options to maybe do some F1 esports this year? Is it is it the this kind of like this promise that we've all had that F1 is finally <laughs> finally good again? Well, it's not actually that. The thing is, is that my name, uh, it's actually connected to F1 Esports. Like I, I got uh, a lot of attention when I won the F1 Esports 2019 title. So of course, when you say David Tonitsa, the first thing that comes in your mind is F1 Esports, of course. It's not uh, SRO or GT World Challenge. Mm. Because actually, as of today, I didn't win anything on, on, on GT World Challenge. Of course, I won some races, but like full championships i still haven't won anything yet so of course my plan and what i would like to to do is to you know keep my name connected to f1 
but at the same time I, I just want you know to get the fame also in uh, in GT because it's what I I enjoy more but uh, you know as as you said the the new game it's a step up so it, it maybe I don't know the first time that I will try it I will love it and I will decide to to come back full time to F1 who knows but uh, uh, it can be it can be something that uh, I um, you know, it can be something that I will consider, like that, how the game will be. Great. Well, David, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, good luck with your preparations for Spa. And uh, we'll see you at the 24 hours of Spa for SRO. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. And hopefully we will see you again, as you said, in Spa. Maybe another interview. I'm up for it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Ideal. Brilliant. Okay, well, David, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Chat soon. Bye. Ciao, ciao.